Thanks for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha and Andy. And this week, we're talking about practical magic. Magic is a fantasy horror rom-com about sisters Sally and Jillian Owens, who come from a long line of witches with a family curse. Any man they fall in love with is doomed to face an untimely death. The movie follows Sally and Jillian as they wrestle with their family's curse, relationship with witchcraft, and the consequences of trying to cover up the unexpected death of Jillian's boyfriend. It was released in 1998 and is based on the novel of the same name by Alice Hoffman. To this day, it's considered a cult classic. It was directed by Griffin Dunn and stars Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Stockard Channing. Is it Stockard? I have no idea who that is. Stockard? Stockard? I, I don't know. The aunt with the dark hair. Oh. You recognize her. Um, I don't know how to say her name, though. Okay. I have no idea. Unhelpful. All right. That's, that's me. <laughs> Diane Wiest. I know Wiest. Aiden Quinn and Goran Fishnik. All right. What does he play? Or How she do you... play? He. He. he uh, Gordon. Gordon. He's Croatian. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, it's Goran. Oh. <laughs> I was so excited when Gorin. I found that Goran? Goran, yeah. Goran. And how would you say his last name? It's V-I with something on it. <laughs> All right. I got it. Come on. <laughs> pass it over. You have to Google. Oh, hold on. I'm Googling it. All right. Here you go. Vizhnik. Ooh. Goran Viznic. You never speak Croatian to me. Because you don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, but I like the sound of it. All right. Yeah, yeah. When we're hanging out, I'll just be like, Goran Viznic. Okay, not a name. <laughs> just like a sentence once in a while. Just throw it at me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's Croatian, which, I mean, obviously, for those of you who don't know or who may not know, Andy is uh, Croatian. Uh, or... It, no, I just have perfect pronunciation of Croatian Okay, names. well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and in speaking of the cast, I'm also going to give a special shout out to some minor characters who are actors that I know. Mark Furstein. <laughs> I know him, but I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly. Uh-huh. He is Sandra Bullock's husband, uh, first husband. Oh, okay. Uh, he, it, he starred in Royal Pains on USA. Oh, nice. Evan Rachel Wood, who plays Sandra's daughter. Yeah. Starring in Westworld these days. Uh-huh. And Margot Martindale, who plays one of the employees in Sandra's shop. And obviously, I picked Practical Magic because this is Fear What I Fear. The whole month of October, Andy and I have been diving into horror films, sharing those with each other in honor of Halloween. Oh, yeah. My favorite time. <laughs> yes. So before we dive into Practical Magic, Andy, do you mind telling us a little bit about what you knew about Practical Magic before we watched it? Oh, yeah. I can keep this nice and short. Never heard of it in my entire life. Wow. I had no idea what it was. We saw it on one of those lists on the internet. You know, what's your favorite or best horror movies to get in the mood for October. Right. And we were flipping through it. And uh, I remember I was surprised because you'd seen so many of them at this point because of me. And then Practical Magic came on the list. And that's when you instantly were like, oh, I forgot about that. I'm picking it. Yeah. But before that moment, I never even heard the title. I didn't know. Never seen a clip. Never heard of it. Didn't know it existed. 
Wow. Didn't know it was part of the Sandra Bullock or the Nicole Kidman lexicon. Red-haired Nicole Kidman. Yeah, seriously. Took Man. Me with my with my terrible face blindness, <laughs> which I don't know if I actually have it. I just like to say I did. No, you have it. Uh, <laughs> um, it took me a, probably longer than it should have to realize that was her. Oh my I'm god. I'm sitting around like, where is this Nicole Kidman? She's supposed to be in this movie. <laughs> and then I looked, I was like, oh, what a twist. <laughs> LOL. Um, it's so funny because I've watched this movie so many times that... When I was younger, I thought, why is Nicole blonde all the time? Like, I thought oh, that this was her... Natural hair? Yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, it is. I think she dyed it blonde. Oh, I have but, no like, idea. it was just... Even though most of the things she's in, she has blonde hair, I always thought, like, this was her main look. Yeah. From that moment of seeing that online to when we watched the movie, I best I could do was compare it to The Craft, because that was the last movie you picked, and I just imagined what the title Practical Magic has to do with witches, <laughs> or witchcraft in some way. Uh, so I was just kind of expecting something in line with the craft tonally. Interesting. Yeah, so that was what I went into it thinking I was going to get. But again, I had no idea what it was. The title Practical Magic made me think for some reason that it was going to be like Modern Witches. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were going to be getting some like period piece of witchcraft. So I don't know why the word practical doesn't mean modern, but it just to me it seemed like... You know, it seems practical. Yeah, it's more like you know, you're using your magic in like your everyday life. You yeah. Know? So I was just like, oh, it might be like working girl, but with magic. But that's interesting. You don't <laughs> think it was modern? You think it was a period piece? No, the opposite. Oh. Okay, I, okay. I had a feeling it was going to be modern and not a period piece because with witches you could easily go, you know, a hundred years ago. Right. Fifty. You know, so I, I I'm saying when I. Because I didn't know anything about the movie. Right. So the title alone told me I was getting modern day witches. Okay, okay. That's, gotcha. all, I, that's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. I yeah. got it, I got it. There's a lot of confusion there for no reason. <laughs> it seems like a waste of time for everybody involved. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, are you? Raise your hand if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I see. All right. That's very, very nice to know. It's always fun for me to get you to not know a movie because yeah. I feel like that's more rare. Like yeah. it, Usually you've at least heard of a movie, especially with one with a cast like this. Yeah, or like I'll envision like one major scene or like, oh, I didn't see it, but I know that it's kind of like it's about this and this happens. I got nothing with Practical Magic. <laughs> I got nothing. Wow. So for me, I don't remember the first time I saw this film, but I know for sure that I didn't see it in theaters. I think it ended up being... You know, a DVD that was on sale at Best Buy that we just grabbed because this was the time in my life around the same time as The Craft, actually, where I was into witchcraft again. Mm-hmm. So I think that drew me to watch this film. And what's, like, I, what's like the cover? It's Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. What are they doing? Are they like doing spells? No, they're just like looking pretty on the cover. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious if it like if they had like a cauldron or some shit. And they were just like, ooh, some some magical's going on. I don't know what year I watched this movie, but I must I had to have watched Miss Congeniality before I watched this movie because I knew that I You were a bullet kid? Yes. So I, I knew that I was that was one of the things that helped me grab this movie yeah, and watch yeah. it for the first time. That's funny. What about uh, Kidman? Um, I didn't really know her from anything. Actually, it took me a while to figure out that she was the blonde lady in all these films. You know, uh, like because she, she does look, I think, significantly different for someone who doesn't have face blindness. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I still think that she does look very different. She seemed younger too, because I always my first Kidman because of my age was Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman Forever. She was like the love interest in that movie. Yeah. And that was like 95. But she had her Kidman blonde hair in that. 
Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe just because I haven't seen it in a while and I saw it as a kid, so she seemed older because, like, all adults seem old. Mm -hmm. So maybe if I saw it now, I'd take that back. But she seemed younger in this than what I remember her seeing me, like, three years earlier. Hot entrance. I thought that Nicole Kidman in this movie looks stunning. Like, I think she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, Oh, my God. Definitely. (laughs) I remember thinking as a kid, like, wow, I didn't know someone could be this gorgeous. So, Yeah, both of them were pretty much smoking the whole movie. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, yeah, clearly I was into witchcraft when I was younger. We kind of covered this on the craft. And I don't, yep. I know we'll probably do some comparisons. I don't really want to. Uh, I, I kind of want to. There's really no reason into. to. They just both movie about witches. Exactly. But I do want to say, you know, and I think it's obvious to you, these are two completely different movies oh, when comes, coming to witchcraft. I think the craft is about magic like it really dives into the world of magic whereas this one magic is kind of in the background and part of the story but it's not really the main i'm also gonna say this might be a bit of a a bit of a stretch for a fear what i fear i feel like like the magic like the magic the horror is also kind of put in the background all right to to be kind of doled out in small doses (laughs) okay well we will definitely talk about that all right because i will argue the opposite oh all right (laughs) so i love the storylines and i love the legacy of it all i tend to love movies that have a lot to do with the past having an influence on the future and family legacies I mean, we talked about this a lot in Holes, too, like how those intertwined stories, like this movie certainly has a bit of that with the family curse. For sure. And, you know, every Owens woman have one of them having a daughter with red hair and a daughter with brown hair. Like, I just, I don't know. I I always found that interesting, and I love the world, and I love starting out with the mother's curse and seeing how that family will deal with that. That drew me in. I love the cast. And actually, for the first time, I love the music in this movie. <laughs> this movie was the reason, is the reason why I know about Stevie Nicks. Like, oh, honestly. Nice. I love her songs in this soundtrack. And Joni Mitchell, too. I Can Drink a Case of You is a song I love to play when I'm sad or if I, you know, like, I'm just, like, in that kind of mood, like... I just, I love the music in this movie, Um, which is very interesting because I didn't know this, but in my research, I found that this movie had a completely different soundtrack that didn't test well with audiences. So they ended up changing the movie soundtrack at the very last minute, (laughs) which is crazy. But I mean, I'm curious to hear that apparently like it was too European or something like what the original music was. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Who knows? But um, I'm glad where they ended up. But I am interested to hear like what the original soundtrack sounded like. And then lastly, I love the relationships in the movie. I love touching on the family, sisterhood, them being outsiders, one trying to conform while the other is happy to stick out. And at the end of the day, this movie is about love and it's about women. Like it's all about women. Yeah, in this movie. for sure. So. I love the mix of genres. I know I, I'm so interested to hear how you t- took this film in because uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. But I do think that you would appreciate, and this is why I think you might love this film, uh, the world building, the rules of the world, the whole legacy of it all, the cast, and really just how unique this movie is. I feel like you could try and predict what happens but like there are a lot of things that you can't really like i think it's very unique in that way and it really is its own type of movie 
So that's all. Nice. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you always want to comment. That no, part. it's fine. It's fine. That's why. <laughs> I mean, at least like a, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you, <All right. laughs> you, this is a podcast. <laughs> I can't just nod. And <laughs> no one put this in. No one knows that you're nodding. All right, so start, get, throw it to me again. <laughs> I'm not throwing it to you. I threw it to you. You missed. <laughs> throw it to me one more time. And that's why I thought you'd like this movie. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I can't wait to dive into it. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> I respect. You were like, at least let me get up. That's all right. All right. <laughs> Just a little bit more about this film before going in. Yeah, yeah, let me get some stats. As of this year, this movie is 22 years old. Ooh. Like I said, it came out in 1998, and it was not a box office success. No. And the critics hated it. Oh, damn. <laughs> so it opened you know had a decent opening 13.1 mil in ticket sales but the movie had a budget of 75 mil and only ended up making 68 so it came in under mm, okay flop. Big old flop the critics you know a lot of them thought this was an anti-feminist movie one really yeah one critic said this movie is very magical it can make audiences disappear <laughs> <laughs> <Burn>. <laughs> Damn, vicious. I know. That was, I was like, damn. That was vicious. Uh, Roger Ebert said he, he deemed that this movie was too scary for children, but too childish for adults. Ah, okay. You gave it a nod. Interessant. I might, that might, I might have some agreements with Ebert. Then. Oh, wow. We're getting in the results a little early <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> the results. <laughs> the results coming in in the thicker. Yeah. So the critics hated this movie, but like I said, this movie has risen to be a cult classic. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested into getting into why that is. But this movie was directed by Griffin Dunn, who is also an actor. I was very happy to find out that he's actually an actor that I really love on This Is Us. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I was is everyone on that goddamn show? <laughs> no matter what you watch or read or see, you're always like, ah, they're married to the guy whose brothers on This Is Us. <laughs> You're talking. I know exactly who you're talking you about. Six, six you're talking about ja Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yeah, you got <laughs> you got six uh, six degrees of fucking. This is us. I, I mean, I love that show. It's a fantastic show. If you want to get a good good crying, but uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he he. I'm gonna go to the gym in twenty minutes. Want to get a good crying <laughs> beforehand? He directed this movie, and actually, you'll be happy to know. So I, I said he was an actor, right? Yeah. He starred in Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Nice. That guy's <laughs> awesome. We're doing that on this show one day. For real? Hell yeah. That was I, great. I watched the trailer and it was fantastic. What? You saw the trailer? Yeah. I mean, I, I was curious to see what he looked like back right, then. We're not going to do it for like six months. So you got to forget <laughs> it. I'm going to remember exactly. This always <sighs> happens. The stuff you want me to forget, I never forget. It's impossible. <laughs> But yeah, this this guy's awesome. I said I want to see a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up. And I want to get in a little into you know his response to why he thought the the movie failed in the box office and how he feels about it being a cult classic now. But I I kind of want to save that for the spoiler section. Cool. Again, this film was partially shot on an artificial set in California, but for the most part, the New England town and where the house 
was, um, the Owens house, that all took place in Coopville, Washington. And that town is actually very proud of, you know, Practical Magic nice. having being shot there. Like, you could go visit there. The white fence that they built is still there. Like, you know, I wonder how many visitors they get. But I, I kind of want to, like, go up there and kind of walk the same streets and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to see. The Owens house um, that they built, they, they built it for this movie. Like, that house didn't exist. They oh, didn't wow. scout for it. And unfortunately, they tore it down because they built it on rent- rented land. Uh. And one funny thing I saw was that Barbara Streisand, after seeing the film, like got in touch with the production and was like, I want to buy this house. <laughs> like So many people love the house. That's crazy. And obviously, they couldn't sell it to her. It's but a pretty wild house. Yeah, it was amazing. And the art director who designed that house and the interior, she now does interior design. So like... I mean, if you want, you know, that sort of same aesthetic, you can go looking for her. If I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go plop some cash down. All right. Well, I'm actually really excited to just dive in. A lot of the research I have, I'm, I'm getting better at peppering stuff in. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. So you want to just dive into a spoiler-free discussion? Yeah. <laughs> So, like I said, this movie starts out basically with a prelude about... I have to cut a cold open. <laughs> about Maria Owens, I guess. She was a witch, um, or the town of Salem, I guess, deemed her a witch. And yeah. they went to hang her, and she used her witchcraft to survive. Yeah, um, very Crucible-esque. Exactly. Well, actually, I guess they didn't use witchcraft to survive, but the costumes <laughs> in, the, in the setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. The, your typical New England witch trial era. Yeah, yeah. But the whole way that the curse on the family comes about is she had a lover, and she was pregnant with her lover's baby. She was deserted to an island, and she expected the lover to come and rescue her, and he never did. So she vow to never you know fall in love again and have that hurt um and that kind of put a curse on her and because she wasn't pregnant put a curse on her baby as well so every man that a no one's woman falls in love with is doomed to die yeah so i got confused a couple times during the movie not gonna lie okay this was already right off the top the first one so did she do a spell that said she could never fall in love mm-hmm. or was it just a vow that somehow Turned into a curse that we're not really ever getting an explanation y- of. Yeah, so because of all the grief and everything, it turned into a curse because it was like the the emotions behind it was so powerful that it ended up having more power than she had intended. Eh, but all right, <laughs> all right, cool. And from then on, we kind of get a flash forward on how this curse affects all of her descendants, and we see. Before we meet Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, we see their mother on a beach. And basically, though, the tell that a husband is about to die is the woman hears a beetle. Yeah, the death beetle. Exactly. And that's how you know that your husband's about to die. So their dad dies. And apparently, we don't see it on screen, but the mother dies of a broken heart. So the sisters, young Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock, or young Sally and Jillian, go to live with their aunts. Yeah. What I love about this movie is that it skips the whole discovery of being a witch. 
it's mm. kind of normal for them, right? Like they already know their family's history and they know all this. Like there's no we're witches. That's true. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Everything's oh, oh. I never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I love that they already accept it, and in a sense, the town does as well. Like, for sure, that's the, a cool uh, like adage to it. You know, even even the craft had to give us the one character who was like us, mm-hmm. who had to learn about. Even though she had some power, she had to like learn about all this lore and stuff right and they do throw it on a lot in the beginning of this movie but after they do that it's kind of like left up to you right so it's not like the whole movie is loaded with tons of narration and exposition but the beginning is but then after that they're like here's some foundation go run with it yeah so i really like that and you see too how the town responds to them so they're not very welcoming oh what is the what is the what is the chant which which you're a witch or whatever yeah is that it it is Uh, and uh, i think they replaced the witch part with a B? Where? Which witch you're a... Is that what it was? I just heard which witch you're a witch. Oh, maybe I... Did I, I could... add a curse I... in Maybe. There? Which is cra- <laughs> it's crazy for you, a soap mouth. You, you scrub more. <laughs> All away. right, let, we dropped that. We dropped uh, soap mouth a nope, long time that's ago. Our, that's our avatar. <laughs> I might be wrong, but... Uh... You've seen it more than me, but that's fine. I just thought it was witch, witch, you're a witch. I mean, that makes sense for you small, young kids to say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they were all shitting, bitch. The kids in the town taunt them. The parents support it, and they look down on this family. Like, everyone hates them and hates the fact that they're witches. But on the down low, they use them. Like, they go to them when they're in need. For yeah. a love spell or whatever they need. So I, from that, from it seemed that, almost like black market shit to like go to them for your spells. Though it wasn't like a, yeah, it wasn't the open. You went like around the back door. You went at night. You know, you're just like let me get some shit. Absolutely, but in that sense, you get you find out that the town is basically two faced. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You y- you can't look down on them and then just like use them when you want. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, I remember hating that town for sure. <laughs> like all the people in that town. Ugh, gross. They'll put a hex on you. <laughs> What'd you think about the whole way, you know, the town treated them? What's uh, your take on that? It's a cool angle to go. I kind of, sorry, I keep I keep harping on in my head that, that uh, Roger Ebert thing you said about the two childish things. Uh, I was like, that's kind of exactly how I feel about a lot of this. Where... I just like a little more subtlety to my prejudice in these kind of movies <laughs> where it's... I prefer subtle prejudice. <laughs> I mean, when, when we're telling stories, like it's so easy to, to kind of write the whole like people who just like yell in your face anytime they see you. And yes, that exists. But uh, I don't know. I just think if, uh, it made it, it just that leaned it a little more into like the kids movie aspect of it all where like that's what you would do in a kids movie because you want the kids to very well know like these are the bad people. Look how bad they are. Mm-hmm. So I like the angle of it for the story, but I could have used a little more subtlety than in just like the how insane the townspeople were. But then they played it as a joke later when in the future the townspeople are still doing the same thing. Yeah. And like I was about to comment on it, then the movie commented on it. So I was like, oh, it was almost like an elaborate joke setup uh-huh. by having them be that like insane. So I didn't hate it, but if you just asked me my thoughts, I uh, like if if I wanted to hit a little harder. Totally. It could have been something else. Uh, tell me, what do you do with witches? <laughs> and what do you burn apart from witches? All oh, witches! So that's how the town treats them, right? But at the same time, we we get to see 
Sally and Jillian grow up. So you realize right off the bat that they have very two different personalities. Sally's yeah. the more introverted. She's she's way t- more talented magic-wise. Magic comes naturally to her. But she is very well aware of the curse her and her sister have on them. Yeah. So she... When it comes to love, she is sort of leaning on the, I never want to fall in love because I don't want to die of a broken heart like our mom. Exactly. And Jillian is the polar opposite. She can't wait to fall in love. She's the like classic wild one, you know? Yep. She has um, the red hair, the, so you know she's crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's the first to leave home and like she's falling in love left and right, it seems like. So I loved that they're complete opposites. But they still, like, you know, love each other. They're never jealous or whatever. Like, that's not what this movie's about, yeah, right? Yeah, I like that, too. And I related more to Sally growing up because she has this angle of wanting to conform. Like, she knows who she is, and she is aware, fully aware of her talent in witchcraft. Yeah. But she so badly wants to be like everyone else. Yeah, and, she like, doesn't want to be on the outs of society anymore. Exactly. Um. So I think... Seeing it as a teenager, that's probably why I related to her more. Mm-hmm. And you know me and my anxiety. I could not relate to Jillian at yeah, all. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, definitely not. <laughs> we're breaking left and right. <laughs> Partying with all men. Like, I can't. The danger. All right. <laughs> the danger. Yeah. I just, mm. yeah. So... And one thing I always found interesting about them, and this this isn't the spoiler, right? So they grow up, mm-hmm. um, and Sally does end up finding love and having two kids. And Jillian kind of jumps from one boyfriend to another, right? Yeah. And I find it funny that the one who never wanted to find love actually discovers what true love is, yeah. whereas the one who always wants to find love is really, like, she doesn't really know what love is. Like, she never really gets to the point. Like, even when she does find someone she thinks she loves or does love, it's a very abusive type of love. I guess this is another case of me getting a little confused by the narrative of the movie, because I I guess I would just might have missed something, but I was reading it as Jillian didn't want to fall in love. She just more, like, she was fully aware of the curse as well and just wanted to, like, Use it as an excuse to like, I'm just going to go out and have fun and like have sex with whoever I want because we can't ever fall in love. So I'm, I'm just going to like, mm-hmm. you know, just have a good time basically. And she was almost like running away from, not the responsibilities because it's a curse, but kind of running away from it. But do you think she was out sleeping with all those dudes like trying to find like a true love? I always thought that she was. Uh, I mean, I think your, your positioning is very interesting and probably like... It could be totally valid. I just always read it as she's going to live wild and free because she already knows, like, it'll end badly. So maybe, yeah, maybe so you're right. I didn't know if she, that she was actually... Because it seemed like they both knew if I if we do ever fall in love, love, that person's just going to die. Right. So it seemed like two opposite reactions to the same problem. Or one person's like, I'm just going to become an introvert and mm-hmm. not talk to anybody because then I can't fall in love and I'll die. Right. And the other person's like, well, I'm just going to go out and have fun, you know? Like, right. get laid as much as I can. And not, uh, you know, form any emotional connections with people. And that way they won't die. So that's how I was seeing those scenes. I think you're right. But I think where it loses me is then you can't use love as the verb. 
you know? Yeah, I don't think she was looking for love. I think she was just running away from the curse in her own way. Right. I think, and but but she says as a kid, I can't wait to fall in love. So I think that maybe that is what she's doing, what you're saying. Yeah. But she shouldn't have used the word love. Well, she was a kid, so I don't yeah. think she, True. she understood what, what was going to happen. Yeah, I think you're right. Can we talk about Sally meeting her husband? Yeah, totally. So Sally has like like Spidey sense, right? Like she's like when some shit's about to go down, she can just feel it. Like she, get, <laughs> she gets like tingles. I could tell you were a little confused about this scene. Yeah, like because she's just like chopping onions or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just goes like, <gasps> and then sprints outside and like meets this dude and they embrace and kiss and then it like flashes like we had two kids and then <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to know what just happened? <laughs> but she just like sensed that her love was there. I know the movie kind of explains it as the aunts did a love spell for her as time goes on, right? But is that it? Is it just like she's just like under the under the power of a love spell so that's what makes her just instantly go like a like wake up and go find this guy basically randomly exactly that's why the aunt was like what time is it like it's it's them being like this spell should have been like working by now Mm. um so yes that is it's not her spidey sense like that's the spell But but she didn't like question that she wasn't like i think when you're under a spell in this sense you don't really. Even when question you're a witch it. and you like no, <laughs> like I'm Buffy. Like when they when they're under spells when they come out of it, they're they're aware of what they did. Right. So I didn't know if it was like you know like she have been like why did I? Well, wouldn't run? she have technically come out of it when he passed? I guess I don't know how this was. Shit works. <laughs> Fucking magic. It's so loose. <laughs> All right. Never mind. No, no, it's fine. So uh, yeah, so what happens is basically they see Jillian has just left home. Sally's in a little like emotional rough patch, and the aunts, you know, to try and cheer her up, put sort of like a a light love spell on her, um, because they see that like she exchanged some nice looks with a local, uh, guy Mark Feuerstein, mm-hmm. and um they kind of just want to like give her a little fling, you know. Um, but with no intention of knowing that Sandra would actually like end up falling in love with this guy, marrying him and having two kids. Nice. So that's what happens there. But of course, because they are cursed, we knew that this that his death would come eventually. So what'd you think about that? Probably my favorite scene in the movie was the death mm. cricket when she was in bed. Because like, you know, as I put, put it at the top, I was like, when's the horror kick in this <laughs> horror movie? Just seems to be about like I mean yeah it's about witches so I guess that counts automatically but there's nothing really like spooky going on and mm. then uh, this scene was definitely kind of eerie and totally I think it totally worked like the sound design was great and watching her like go from like frantically looking around the house for this death beetle to just ripping up the floorboards yeah I thought, I just thought it was well done and I love how they played a trick on you where he's he's crossing the street and all these cyclists come and you yeah. think that's how he's going to die? That would have been hard for me to believe. The cyclists? Yeah. Yeah. If like Well, I mean, you could totally You could die, but also I I feel like they would stop sight. Like, you know, it's not it's not the Lion King with the fucking stampede of <laughs> of giant, you know, they're, like they're not animals. That like, was the inspiration. If you got hit scene. by the first no, like kidding. four people, I think like you would then pile into the next group and then the group behind them would kind of slow down like Well, I mean, yes, but they were going so fast uh, that is it actually realistic for them to stop? Uh, I don't know. I just it would have been weird if that's how we died. <laughs> A car. You go with the car. All right. You go, you go with the car. That's so um, funny. Do you think this movie was part of the casting of Nicole Kidman in Bewitched and uh, the, the remake of the, the movie remake of Bewitched? 
Uh, when did that come out? Like 2006. Maybe. Could have been. The movie wasn't good, but she plays a witch in it. Ah. She plays like a, like, you know, the bewitched. Type. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Who yeah. knows? Thought, thought it was interesting. <laughs> Looking over the aunts and stuff, and they had all that chocolate on their lips. Yes. I don't know what the fuck that was. I, don't, I guess I missed that because they were eating chocolate at the scene yeah. before. Yeah, I, I missed that. No, because they have chocolate cake all the time. Yeah, yeah. I learned it later in the movie, but like in that first scene, like I thought, I was like, were they in an accident? Like I, I thought it was like, 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 like old that is scars. So interesting. I literally wrote like, what's on these little girls' lips? And then they didn't have it in the next scene, and I was like, all right, I'm good. Oh my god. But yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I, I love the whole montage love story, even though it ended up in heartbreak. Watching it now, because I haven't watched this movie in quite a long time, that whole montage of her sensing and running to the guy, I totally understand how that like is weird, but I still love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the t- to Faith Hill's, this kiss, this kiss. I know it's not always fair to compare things to stuff that came out way later, because, uh-huh. you know, people could be inspired, but uh, it reminded me so much of Haunting of Hill House. When uh, the youngest daughter uh, meets her husband and then goes through their whole montage. Yes. And I just remember I was like, you know, that was like completely fair. It's decades later, but I was like, man, when it happened in that, I was like devastated. In this, I like knew it was, I just was like, yeah, it's, uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah. now he dies. All the husbands die. Ugh. Like, you know what I mean? I like, lo- when you made me watch Haunting of Hale House, like that was... <laughs> you always say Hale House. Oh, what is it? Hell Hill House? Hill House. Hill House. <laughs> when you made me watch Haunting of Hill House, that was the one moment of relief for me through that whole uh... experience. I mean, I, I ended up loving it, but I'm just saying like emotionally, that was... I mean, I even said out loud, cute. I know, you're like, you love the, <laughs> the meet cute moment. They're like, finally, something nice. <laughs> And but at that time, to be fair, like that was when we were exchanging shows. So for one episode of no, Hill yeah, House, I, had a, I might have tormented you with a whole season of Hill House to scare you. But tell the people how you tormented me. I didn't torment. It's uh, <laughs> what did I watch a whole season of? All right. So for me, watching a whole season of Haunting of Hill House, I had Andy watch Love Is Blind with me. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> But I mean, you were asking questions. Uh, you were interested. You were interested. Invested. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, all right, we're we're getting off topic. All right. One thing I did skip over that will have a lot of significance is when Sally and Jillian are kids and they're talking about you know who wants to fall in love, who doesn't. Sally does cast a spell, basically wishing up a guy that she knows could never exist to kind of support her. You know, never falling in love. Like she's basically making the guy that she would want to love it's a little hard to to figure out like what the end game was for that spell but i thought it was cute so (laughs) you know one green eye the rest of it just throw it out the window listen okay i think you need to like let all your everything you know about movies or whatever like let it go and just have fun that's what this movie is judge it on cute god (laughs) So on the, on this scene, and her outfit's cuteness was eight out of ten. Okay. But the cuteness of the scene, I'm done. All right, <laughs> get it out of your system now. <laughs> the Owens women know that everyone in the town hates them. Yeah. But they continue to live in this town. Yeah. How do you feel about them remaining in the town rather than finding a place where they could be accepted? 
Seems weird. Doesn't really make sense to me. Also, it's... I assume a lot of generations have passed from that first Owens woman down to here. So, the fact that they've all lived in the town and never... Like, how are they the only descendants at this point? Normally, family trees branch outward, so you would start with one person. Well, I mean, the husbands always die, and it seems like only yeah, so, one... Yeah, so what did the original witch have sisters? No, I think the original witch was Maria, and then she had two girls, and then one of those girls had two girls, uh, and then it keeps moving forward. I know, so wouldn't there be like half the town's population be this family if they never left? Mm-hmm. If, they, if they're constantly popping out redheads and brunettes by the twos? <laughs> I, I think you're thinking too far. Too. You asked me the question. I, I always actually I'm wondered saying, if where... It's, if it's been like, what, 100 years, 80 years, 70 right. years? If those two girls were each had two girls... I don't girls, think they both had two girls. I always think it's one <laughs> sister that has two girls. I feel like it would still be... Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know the curse had to do with a redhead and a, and a brunette. I just thought it was a weird coincidence. The curse is the women in the family. All the women in this family have that curse upon them. Yeah, but it, why do they always have one kid of each color, hair color? I think that's just part of the how their DNA is. It's just like a coincidence. Okay. Oh, my God. I, I'm trying to piece this all together here. I told you, I was confused this like is, four or five this times. This was supposed this to be movie. fear what I fear, but now it's like hate what I fear. <laughs> no, or it's not hate. It's just me getting a little confused. We're skipping the last section. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate this one. No, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's weird that they haven't left. I don't see why not. Because even when Jillian leaves, you can still tell she has like part of her desire is like to go back home and be home. And they even made that pact, her and her sister, like we're going to die together. Right. Like we're going to be grow old and die together. So yeah, I don't really know. Maybe it has something to do with the magic. Maybe it's like a source of magic that they, they're more powerful there for some weird reason. I'm always conflicted on this as well. Because on one hand, you know, why not just leave a town that obviously hates you? And find and find a better life where you're more emo- emotionally and mentally like happy. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe staying there is actually fighting for a good cause. Like, yeah, you don't like me, but you're gonna have to deal with it because I live here and I'm not going to leave just because you want me to. Like, in a way, it's sort of a statement and uh, an empowering statement. Yeah. To sort of stick it out and. I don't think the movie meant to do this, but it kind of like made me think of people wanting like black families to move out of town so that way they could feel more comfortable, like stuff like that. Like in that sense, I think, yeah, hell yeah, stay in that town. Um, Yeah, when you just said that, I was thinking of in the the book, they kind of glossed it over in the movie, but the one black family, like the kid's a kid in the 50s, so the dad's been in town since the early 1900s, and he was in the military and all this, and he's just like, you know, they were always on the, why don't you go somewhere where there's more black people? You're the only black people anywhere, Mm -hmm. and half the town kind of gives you shit all the time, and he was just like, well, I'm from Derry. Like, why would I? Right. Like, I'm I'm not going to leave my hometown because they don't want, you know, it's my hometown, you know? That's in It, the book? uh Uh-huh. Ah, I see. So I was just thinking of that. Yeah, I I mean, you can argue both sides, so I was always conflicted on that, so I was interested to just hear your thoughts oh yeah my bad and then i started just shitting on the <laughs> the, the legacy instead of playing the numbers game all good all good <laughs> <laughs> um all right so the the whole beginning of the movie is a lot of planning you know a lot of planting the seeds right of what what's to come so like we mentioned sally has gotten married 
um, is now widowed, but has these two beautiful girls and moves back into the aunt's house. And on the other hand, you have Jillian, who's this free spirit, this beautiful free spirit, having the time of her life. And she meets this guy named Jillianjelo. Why is his name the same as hers? Jillian? Jillianjelo? No, her name is Jillian Owens. Yeah, sounds like the same name. His name is Jimmy Angelo. <laughs> oh, I heard you. <laughs> I heard you You're say, not paying attention. I heard you say Jillian Angelo. It's, it's on tape. Jimmy Angelo. I was saying his name. <laughs> I heard Jilly. All right, we oh could take that out. Uh, you're not taking that out. <laughs> what? Everyone is going to hear. Well, you're going to listen back and you're going to hear you say Jilly Angelo. I, gonna, nope. Nope. You're going to hear it. And she meets this guy named Jilly Angelo. Jilly Angelo. Jilly Angelo. All right. So she, she gets the hots for Jimmy Angelo. Yeah. And he has this whole, like, bad boy vibe about him, right? Uh-huh. Fun fact, this character was originally supposed to be, like, a Texas redneck white guy. Mm-hmm. But the director f- saw Goran. 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 Yeah. He saw Goran yep. in another movie and was like, I want to cast this dude. So he did, and they changed the character to be a European guy. Ah, Nice. Which is pretty cool, I think. <laughs> I actually think it made him scarier. Oh yeah, you're that that kind of like whether it's Russian or it, Croatians too, like <laughs> that that kind of fucking tough guy shit can be kind of scary. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, I and this is one of gonna be one of my arguments of why this is a horror film. I think this guy is horrifying. Yeah. I was so scared of him. I think this is what helped me as a young woman kind of sense like when you're like in trouble or like when you're around a creepy like bad guy yeah like it definitely helped me become aware of like what kind of dude like is a is the wrong vibe (laughs) because he was like their relationship so you saw a scary croatian and then you got into a relationship with the croatian listen you are not scary at all (laughs) be scary okay so when jillian and jimmy hook up like It's very obviously like, wow, you're yawning into the microphone. No, come on. You can't. Don't spill the tea on other shows, man. When they first hook up, you know, there's so much passion. But like at the same time, like almost too much, you know, Mm -hmm. like they Jillian writes to Sally and is like, you know, we can't take our our eyes off each other. We're with each other 24 hours a day. And then, you know. It's kind of like, ooh. Like six red flags right there. <laughs> exactly. I remember thinking, like, they're just drinking and smoking all the time. Like, <laughs> go outside. Go eat some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's one night where there's a ring around the moon, which in this world means, you know, like, something bad's about to happen. Yeah. And that's the night where Sally senses that something is wrong with her sister. And something is. Uh, Jimmy... See, so this is where, because she has spidey sense here. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought she had it earlier. If for the love thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think when you're under a spell, those spidey senses get, you know, pushed down. Like magic, they don't work. What are magic rules here you're pulling out? Uh, <laughs> you, got a, you got a book or something? Okay, listen. <laughs> I think that the aunts are more... They're obviously more experienced just by being older. So I think that they were just able to work it out. But I also do think like that was just for that one moment, right? And then the whole falling in love thing, that was all Sally. Mm. Like she fell in love with him after the fact. I think that whatever spell that they put on her for that moment was just like for a fling. Yeah. To yeah. like bring her spirits up a little bit. 
for this moment with her sister, she does get Spidey sense. And it turns out that Jimmy Angelo, you know, is a very possessive boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And just got in a heated argument over a donut and punched Jillian in the face. Mm -hmm. So Jillian sort of sends for Sally to come rescue her so that way they can can bounce and leave this douchebag alone. So I think that is where I want to sort of move on to the spoiler section unless there was anything else you wanted to add no nothing that i can't put in once we start talking about the spoilers all right so we've moved on to the spoiler section because this is where it all goes down oh yeah so when sally goes to rescue jillian jillian of course forgets her necklaces in jimmy angelo's car Mm mm-hmm you know what else was in Jimmy Angelo's car? Jimmy Angelo. He was. And he basically kidnaps her, holds her hostage, and uh, kidnaps Sally in the process as well when she goes to look for Jillian yep. in the car. Mm-hmm. And this is where like all the scary, shady stuff with Jimmy starts to happen. Oh, yeah. While they're driving around, he's in the backseat. Yeah, all drunk and just... I don't know what his endgame was, but basically... He's he's beyond saving, right? Like he just wants Jillian all the time in no matter what form. It's clearly an abusive relationship. Oh, big time, yeah. You're not you're not going to get through to this guy. No way. And he literally tries to brand her in the car. Yeah, with his ring. Yeah. How creepy was that? That was pretty creepy. I like that how Sandra Bullock's reaction to all this was like it was very realistic where she was just like, what? what are you doing? No, no, don't, you can't brand her. Like, it yeah. wasn't like in most movies, the person's like frozen with fear or some shit. Like, yeah. she was just very much like, what do you put that away? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was insane. And I don't think it registered for me the first time I saw this movie, what he was trying to do. Oh, I, once he started heating up the metal, I knew what he was doing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I and it also coincides with the story he was telling. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I guess I wasn't paying attention to the words the first time. Uh, I read. But yeah. That was freaking creepy. Again, why this is a horror film. I think that horror, you know, comes from rea- like the fears in re- reality, in real life. Mm-hmm. Being in an abusive relationship is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my argument. That's part of my argument. Uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't say there was no horror. I just said oh. it, was, it was on the back burner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Jimmy Angelo tries to brand Jillian and... uh. Why? I don't know why Jimmy Angelo makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep saying her whole name every time. Jimmy? You want me to call him Jimmy? Sure. Vishnik? <laughs> Vishnik. Is it is it Vishnik? <laughs> v with an I with something on it? <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening is Sally ends up poisoning Jimmy. In the car, yeah. In the car. Mm-hmm. And they basically kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I mean, sorry. I don't... Well, because it, it's but. the same. It's the same. Whatever the poison is that Jillian's been giving him. Yeah, she says uh, it's the only way she can get some sleep mm-hmm. is by drugging him with this like whatever it was, magic drugs. Yeah, right. It was magic stuff. Right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like real drugs. I don't remember what it was called, but yes, correct. Yeah. And then Sandra Bullock just kind of dumps a whole bunch of it into the tequila to give to Jimmy. Right. Um, which ends up killing him. Yeah, yeah. I know you haven't seen it, but this is where I was getting a lot of Thelma and Louise vibes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, big time. Oh, That's so. where I thought the direction of the plot was going from this point, because I was still trying to figure out what, like, the movie was about. Uh-huh. You know, because I was like, I know it's about these two sisters, but what's, like, what are they doing? Like, what do they want? Totally. And then, so I thought maybe it was going to be about them dealing with the aftermath of this murder. Ah. Uh, 
I still need to watch Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it for this podcast. <laughs> so good. Nice. So, to go even crazier, obviously, they murdered this, like, crazy, not great guy. But Jillian automatically, like, gets, sympathizes for him and is like, we need to bring him back to life. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell was going on with these two with this decision. Well, hang on. All right. So, my next point's of confusion. Because okay. this is... I didn't understand their train of thought. Jillian was like... You wanted to bring your husband back and the ants wouldn't let you mm-hmm. because he would come back. And she was like, yeah, they're right. He'd come back as not himself. He'd be evil because he was the man. Exactly. And she was like, well, this guy's already evil. So, and then they kind of stopped talking about it. So it was her logic that if bad people come, if good people come back bad, that bad people come back good. I think she, her logic was bad people come back. Everyone comes back bad, and he's already bad. So how bad could it be? <laughs> you just had to kill him because he was going to kill you. I, I know. was just like, you dumbass. No, like, this is, again, why I would side with Sally. Like, I think she truly did it, one, because she loves her sister, and two, because bringing him back to life means that he's alive, so I can't be charged for murder. Like, I feel like that was her stance on it. I think I'd rather cover up a murder than deal with someone <laughs> trying to actively murder me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah, saying you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think... Bullock needed to lay a little bit of a tough love, just the <laughs> love on that one. Ah, uh, that's true. But I also think they were going through like a huge range of emotions. This all happened in one night. It was all crazy, right? So they go through this whole ceremony to bring this guy back to life. And automatically, he, when 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 the ceremony works, he goes straight to a choking Jillian. Yeah, I know. That's why I was just like, what was the point of all this? Like, <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Jillian. And then they just kill him immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I was, I was like, what are we doing? Oh, uh, yeah. That whole scenario. I, I, yeah. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I will give you that. But this actually brings me to something else that I want to talk about, which is the music not the music in the film as in in terms of like the songs that are chosen Uh as part of the soundtrack but the actual like score of the movie yeah because it jumps all over the place oh yeah definitely and when they kill jimmy for the second time and they're like dragging him out to bury him it's like this kind of like upbeat like like i can't really explain it but it's like so something so dark is happening right now but like the music is like it's all good. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, whenever I see that, I it always reeks to me of a post-production switch mm. where nothing in that scene read to me that that was intended to to be played lightly like that. Mm-hmm. And then to me, and when you told me that they changed the entire soundtrack, it seemed like, because they did that a couple of other parts where they used that kind of lighthearted, something silly is about to happen. And it just reeks that they put it in after the fact to try and lighten the movie up because they didn't sure who they wanted to sell it to. Yes. So it was moments like that whenever that's... I'm glad you actually brought it up. Whenever that score comes up and it act, the movie acts like that is when I was like, all right, so this is aiming for kids. But then when we're dealing with scenes where someone's trying getting drunk and trying to rape and brand somebody, that's when I was like, no, this can't be for kids. Yeah. Again, back to that Ebert review where I was like, yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's like a little bit lost between two... Sometimes it's really trying to deal with, like, the practicalities of magic. Um, Nice. And, like, you know, the repercussions of it. So the whole time I was just trying to figure out what's the movie. So I was like, is the movie about going overboard with magic like the craft was? Is the movie about bringing back dead people and realizing you're not supposed to do that? Is the movie about murdering someone and coming back? 
this and that. Yeah. Oh, and there was also that scene we kind of brushed over it when Sandra Bullock first moves back with the ants with her daughters, mm-hmm. and her daughter does magic to the kids at school. Yes. Or at the bus stop or whatever. And then she puts a hex on you. Yeah, and then she was just like, "We don't do that." And her daughter was like, "You don't do that. I do it because I'm more powerful than you." And then she walks away. She's like, "Mom's a punk," like <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh shit!" So now the movie's gonna be like the aunts are kind of like corrupting their daughters, and now she's gonna have to like stand up against magic. Uh-huh. So I I kept seeing all these threads get started, and then I was just like, "When is the movie gonna grab one?" Like uh-huh. it just it just to me it just kept seeing like, "Is this what it's about? Is this what it's about?" Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I just kept like just trying to wonder and i was like i don't know where where we're going but totally yeah. no i i think that's completely valid i'm i'm not gonna argue against it i think that there's so much going on and it doesn't actually yes there's a final scene where they actually close the jimmy angelo part of the storyline yeah. but i agree with you that it doesn't really grab onto or latch onto like a main plot which I think is one of the reasons why I love it so much because you're just part, it's kind of like watching a drama, like soap opera show or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're in their lives it, and it kind of mimics real life where like, there's always like something going on. It's never like this major one thing you have to deal with in a day. It's like a range of emotions and a, a range of things that are going on. So nice. I, I'll give it to you. Like, yes, that's totally happening, but I think that's one of the reasons why I love it. Awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, I I do think that it, it does show you the power of music, the, the power that music has, because I think that maybe if the original soundtrack was left in this movie or if they just changed the music to actually match the tone of the scene, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, sure. I think because of all that, like, kind of hokey music, I was able to, like, take it in. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But music is powerful. Definitely. So, Jimmy Angelo, even though they've killed him for the second time, still mm. continues to haunt. Yeah, he's, like, haunting, like, the garden, right? Exactly. He's haunting the garden. He's haunting Jillian. And the kids see him. Yeah. Your daughter sees him. Yeah, exactly. That no. was the creepiest scene. Yeah. She's like, there's a man. And they didn't, they couldn't see him, yeah. but she could. Oh, my God. The aunts, like, kind of knew something was up, but, like, not really. They Um, just bounce. They do. But they bounce after this very famous margarita scene, which... Oh, yeah. Clearly, I'm not the only one who loves, because (laughs) in my my research and, like, all the comments, like, everybody loves the scene, and I do, too. Like, this is the the reason why I know the song. You put the lime in the coconut, drink it full up. Like, I love this song because of this scene. It's That's... so amazing. And it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. Midnight margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I want to bring up the scene is not only because it's awesome, but it's actually one of the creepiest scenes to me in the whole film. Yeah, it was wild. When they get drunk on tequila, which, fun fact, they actually did get drunk, or some of them did get drunk for this scene. Nice. You can't really tell if they're drunk or if they're, like, actually getting possessed yeah. by Jimmy Angelo. It starts getting creepier and creepier. Like, as it goes on, like, they, they have these crazy outbursts. Yeah. And all this stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought you would appreciate that. Yeah. And it ends with the two aunts singing the last song Jimmy Angelo sung to them in the car. Oh, When yeah. he was alive. Uh-huh. You were always on my mind. And that's when, like, Jillian and Sally know something's up. 
so freaking creepy. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and that's when they bounced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and after that, they were like, well, we're trying to have midnight margaritas. And you guys are bringing ghosts in here. Forget we're out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was a good scene. But speaking of this movie sort of being all over the place, the studio didn't really know who they wanted to market this movie towards. Yeah. And I, sh- I really cannot wait to show you the trailer for this movie. Okay. Because it is so wild what the trailer looks like compared to what this movie actually awesome. is. They were selling it as like a like a fun rom-com. Oh, these girls, like, oh, they can't find a man because they have a curse on them. <laughs> Any man they fall for falls victim to a deadly curse. Any man who wins the heart of an Owens woman is bound to end up six feet under. And as hard as they try, Oh my God! They can't keep their loves. I feel like I'm never gonna see you again. Look out! Alive. Like, it's just but so see, bad. At points of the movie, I feel like that, there's like there's moments of the movie where that is the tone of it. Mm-hmm. And then another Another scene will go by, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, it's way too dark for that movie. Yeah. You know, so weird. I would have a hard time marketing it, too. I, I love the movie as it is, but I also think it would have been stronger if they stuck with one or the other. But I personally, even though I'd be scared of it, would have preferred the darker route. Oh, for sure. I know we're not really comparing it to The Craft, but just because it was the last one we did, that was every time I gravitated towards the movie was when it like it veered away from like teen stuff mm-hmm. and more into like, oh, shit, it's just got... It's got scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was waiting for more scary. I, I know you were. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to let you down. This is a good time to mention or to start talking about Gary, who's the cop that comes to town looking to find Jimmy Angelo. Yeah. Because through his investigation, he traced Sally and Jillian as the last people to have seen him. Mm-hmm. But you sort of learn throughout his investigation. It looks like he's trying to figure out like what happened to Jimmy Angelo, but in reality, he's not looking for Jimmy Angelo to like find justice for him. It actually turns out that Jimmy Angelo had he's murdered. He's like a serial killer. Exactly. So he was. He's basically just trying to track this guy down to bring him to justice. Yeah. But yeah, because at first it's like it's played as if the sisters are in trouble with the law and they have to lie about what happened, mm-hmm. and then you slowly find out that like the guy's like not really looking. Right. For. He's not really looking to take down anyone who took him down, you know what I mean? Exactly. Sally and Gary end up getting, you know, some romance, catching feelings for each other a little bit during his investigation. Yeah. But in all of this, you know, when he's over the house, uh, there is a very significant scene where Jimmy Angelo's spirit is possessing Jillian. Yep. Seriously possessing her and basically comes in, into physical form where when Sally and Gary are in the house. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that scene? It was pretty cool. It was after again, like back to my earlier thing of like trying to figure out where the movie was going and what what it was about. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was like, I don't even know what's left to do here. <laughs> like, you know, we've we've solved so many problems and we got some couple of new ones. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was cool. I just didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't even know like a full possession was what we were like building up to. So yeah, I thought it was it was pretty cool and exciting. Cool. I kept like. I could f- sort of feel as we were watching, like where you started to like zone out because it did get very rom commy. Oh yeah, big time. Which I know you're not a hundred, you're not into. Not really. <laughs> but I knew that like scenes, like little scenes like this, would like kind of bring you back in. Yeah, and yeah, it did. And I saw a couple. Like once the beginning was like the curse was, and no women could ever fall in love again. I knew that it was going to be 
that was going to be a main focus of it is, mm-hmm. or at least it was going to end with like, and now I found my love. Yeah. You know, so I was expecting it. But yeah, it was a cool little diversion. Totally. And this sheriff, Gary, has been hearing about Jillian and Sally and all the stories about them being witches. He didn't really believe it until that very moment. Exactly. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And prior to this scene happening, him and Sally had a conversation about, you know, what magic is and where the power of magic comes from. Sally talks to him about his star and like, it has power because you believe it does. Yeah. And that is what saves him in this moment where Gorn or where Jimmy tries to like kind of kill him basically, but he uses the power of the star to kind of save him. Yeah. Which I thought was very powerful. Yeah, that was cool. I liked it from a writing standpoint. I get why the star was shaped like that because that was part of the man she made mm-hmm. up in the beginning, blah, blah, blah. But I got to say it was pretty hilarious because that was the fakest looking police badge <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. That's like, funny. Like no policeman's badge is ever a giant silver star. <laughs> Not like they held up. It looked like a, out of a toy kit. <laughs> you know, so I was dying. I was like, I get it. I know why he's there. I get it thematically. I'm not an idiot, but. Oh, yeah. man. That does not like the badge of a police of a police officer. That's pretty funny. I never, like, paid attention to this stuff. Yeah, cop's badge is usually, like, a the thing with their photo and then, like, a medal. Like, yeah. it's not just, like, a big-ass silver star. <laughs> <laughs> like a Mario would collect. LOL. <laughs> um, can I just note, this is the one scene in the movie where there's one than, more than one guy in a scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it fails the male Bechdel test. Exactly. <laughs> As a man, I am furious you made me watch this because it <laughs> disrespected my entire gender oh man that's funny <laughs> Adam. i think then we can just go ahead and talk about this exorcism that happens yeah this possession of jimmy to jillian is basically it's get it's gotten to the point where he wants to take jillian's soul with and basically kill her so yeah. that way he can have her forever like some kind of like afterlife situation exactly so what corpse bride <laughs> yeah And what ends up happening is, you know, in order to bring this exorcism about, they need a coven. They need other witches. Yep. And one thing that I like about this movie, and it kind of aligns with the craft, is you don't have to be a witch from birth to be able to be involved in a coven. Yeah. You basically don't have to have that power already. You you can be a witch. Like, Mm -hmm. that's up to you. So she ends up calling upon the women in the town to help form this coven in order to save her sister. Yep. That was pretty cool. Nice little town coming together moment. Yeah. And uh, kind of achieved the thing you talked about earlier about, you know, I shouldn't have to leave here mm-hmm. if, if just because you hate me, blah, 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 this is my town. And then now they get accepted by the town. Yeah. And it's crazy because a lot of the women, of course, they say yes because they're seriously just, they're honestly just curious about like what the inside of the house looks like. They just want to like a deeper inside yep. look. Mm-hmm. And this is, okay, I'm, I might be looking a little deeper than I need to be into this movie, but a lot of the hate that happens in our world today, I really think it, I mean, I know it comes out of fear, right? Yeah. Like you are scared of, like, if you grew up your whole life not knowing a black person, obviously you're going to be scared because you anything you know about them you've seen on TV or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, stereotypes. Exactly. So, like, I felt like the same thing in this town. Like, because they never had any experiences with them or because they went through this experience of saving and exercising Jillian, that formed a bond. And, that, and then your fear goes away right. because you know, like, what the reality is. So, I just thought that was so beautiful. All these women coming together 
to save Jillian yeah. um, at the end of the day in this freaking scary exorcism. Like, <laughs> Nicole Kidman nailed it. Yeah, she was actually pretty great. Apparently... She wanted to make the exorcism look so real that, like, she was, like, banging her head on the floor and all doing all this stuff. So the art department ended up creating rubber versions of the wooden panels you see on the floor. So that way, when she hit her head on it, she wouldn't, like, actually, like... That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. But, yeah, she really sold it here. Yeah, she was great. Uh, Yeah, I think her her performance... I mean, honestly, I think a lot of the movie was carried on the two leads... Mm. I think they both did a great job and kind of elevated things that might have been a little sillier. Yeah. With like with really good acting. Totally. And the director even said in an interview, like someone was asking him about like having all these women on set and, you know, trying to outshine each other and everything like that. And he was like, at the end of the day, because a lot of them are in pairs, right? Like two sisters to two aunts. Yeah. They knew that if one was trying to be better than the other, it would be bad for both of them. Yeah. So they actually did a great job. He said the chemistry was there, that they actually worked together to make sure they both look good. Nice. So I just, I you it shines through for yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, they end up getting Jimmy out of her. Yep. And he turns to dust. And, and they, they sweep him out of the house. <laughs> One big epic. <laughs> and, and the music goes, do, 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 do. I don't know what the hell to think at that point. I was like, we just went to such a, like, realistic horror scene and then right into this like something out of mary poppins <laughs> i know yeah i don't get it but i i love it <laughs> uh, fair enough. yeah so it ends up being basically a happy ending you know sally yeah. ends up with gary curse gets lifted curse gets lifted jillian's free yeah the town accepts them oh we didn't really talk about it but gary ends up being the guy she made up as a child oh right with her pretty spell. significant yeah because he has one blue eye one green eye and whatever else yeah the silver star yeah i forget i can't remember the other things he can ride a horse backwards yeah yeah he can flip pancakes in the air and make cactuses or something like yeah, that yeah. oh embarrassing but i remember like making up my own wish uh, for sure <laughs> what was it no like i didn't like write it down yeah, like that right. but i'm like ooh, like maybe i can wish you're my perfect man you know <laughs> to an extent movies help raise a lot of us yeah but for me i spent a lot of time at home watching the same movies over and over again you know especially like when my mom was working yeah. i had to like movies babysat me for right sure. So I think that I look to movies for a lot of things like this to uh, like be like, ooh, you know, I could wish for my own perfect. <laughs> Listen, I might not be having woods parties and everything. I was I was cool wishing for dream men in my apartment <laughs> as a child. You're like one blue eye, one <laughs> red eye, and purple hair with. One thing I liked about I don't I don't know that how this made sense, but when she reveals to Gary that she wished for him, summoned him up or whatever, he is like, you know, I wished for you too. Yeah. I don't know in what sense he meant that, but who knows? Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't know either. I didn't know if it was meant to be taken literally or like. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get it. At that point, I'd been tossed and turned so many times <laughs> by not understanding what was going on that I was like, I'm not even gonna. I mean, touch that one. Yeah. But maybe it's another representation of how magic can happen anywhere. Like, you don't have to be a witch. Yeah. You know, like, you can wish for something. 
and as long as you put so much passion behind it and feeling, it'll come to fruition. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But they end up together and it's lovely. Yep, it was a nice, nice <laughs> time, nice rom com. So I I guess this is a a good time to bring up you know book versus movie. Oh yeah. So what the differences definitely. were? Because like I mentioned earlier, this Practical Magic was based on a novel. When did it come out? So the book came out in 1995. Oh, oh, it was a quick turnaround. Yeah, it was a pretty quick turnaround. The movie definitely took liberties here. So I actually found a lot of reviews of people reviewing the book versus the movie. Uh-huh. I'll just give a quick rundown. So like you know. The aunts in the book are not as prevalent as they are in the movie. They're hardly even there in the That's book. That's so funny because <laughs> I kept saying, I was like, this whole situation just looks like they're doing Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Because uh, she lived with her two older aunts who did magic. Totally. And it was hugely popular at this time. So I was like, <laughs> seems like they're kind of just doing Sabrina. But then I was like, it is based on a book. Maybe the book's older and Sabrina's doing the book. But now you're telling me that A, the book's not even as old as Sabrina. Yeah. And B... The aunts were, yeah, so I think they definitely <laughs> boosted up the aunts' roles because of the popularity of Sabrina. Oh, totally. There's no Owen's curse. Like, there's no... Really? Yeah. There's obviously, you know, no margarita scene. So what the hell are they doing? No focus on the daughters. Apparently... On, on Sally's daughters? On Sally's daughters. What the hell is this movie about? <laughs> What's this book about? Exactly. Are they just, like, going to work and shit? So apparently, I mean, I I kind of wish I was able to dig in deeper, but there's, like, like for example, Jimmy is in the book, but there's no killing him and resurrecting him, and, like, the exorcism, like, that is was all added in the movie. Wow. None of that happened. Maria did exist, but there was no trial or no hanging. The parents, instead of because because the curse didn't exist yeah, they, in the book, the parents didn't die. The parents were were did die, but they were killed in a house fire in the book. Hmm. And then in the in the book, Sally's husband knows about the curse and is actually killed by a drunk driver. Like apparently, there's like not much going on. Yeah, in the book. it seems like they just took the character names. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and wrote their own story. And a lot of people, a lot of the reviews I wrote. Uh, I <laughs> a lot of the reviews I read. I reviews, right? I don't like reviews like that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the reviews I read were actually upset because the book is, first of all, lacks a lot of magic. Like, there's no barely any magic. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of like drama and sex scenes. Okay, weird. Right. So I guess sex scenes. Yeah. I guess there's more men in the movie. There's. I more- mean, in the book. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's a stalker in the book. That stalks Jillian or Sally or whatever, and it's supposed to come off as romantic. Yeah, one of those. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, from this, all I got was the book isn't as good as the movie, but The Rules of Magic, which is a prequel to the Practical Magic book, is good. Oh, interesting. So It was written after, but it's a prequel. uh, I think it was written before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people went in being like... Oh, That's Rules cra- of Magic was good, so Practical Magic should be good. That's crazy that they didn't adapt that to a movie. Right. But yeah, those were the main significant differences between the book and the movie. Yeah, it seems very different. doesn't seem like it's very similar at all. No. I think everything I love about the movie was something that they took liberties to do. So with that, should we dive into Best Worst? Yeah. Obviously, there's magic in this movie. Yep. So my Best Worst is Best Worst magic (laughs) i think best for me is probably gonna be the nicole kidman possession Mm. um just because of how how insane it was portrayed you know like it wasn't just like a simple wave of a hand or 
or just like a little special effect. Like, you know, it looked it looked intense. It looked raw. It's kind of... You're talking about the exorcist, like the magic of exercising her? No, I mean, I think her getting possessed is also magic. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's true. Or yeah, and I guess in the exercising. Yeah, that whole... Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the exercising too. Totally. Yeah, so that just because it was probably one of the best scenes and uh, it, yeah. was, it was pretty cool magic. I like it. What's your best? So I actually went the very simple route. <laughs> what is it? I, I tend to love s- subtle magic. Yeah. So that shot of Sandra Bullock blowing the the wick, the unlit wick and making it light. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why, but I always think about that. That's <laughs> pretty it's, cool. It's so cool. Like, I wish I had the power to... I think... Like, when you think of Matilda, for example, like, how she was able to move things, like, I just love that kind of, like, practical magic. Uh, (laughs) 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 You planned that. I I didn't, but it ended up working out. (laughs) Uh, Nice. I don't know about worse, though. I gotta think about that. Did you think of one? (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. What was worst? Ooh, I got a worst. Tell me. So I can steal it. (laughs) <laughs> I think the worst was the aunt putting the spell on Sandra Bullock. Not because of the spell per se, but I just felt like it was unnecessary and an abuse of power. They discourage them to use love spells and stuff like that. So why would they put the one on her? That's actually a good point. And it's gonna I'm I am gonna take it, not mm-hmm. just because I was gonna steal it, but it, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Because, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, the wise older ones right. who respect magic and understand the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just kind of toy with it just because they were, like, sick of her moping. Right. Yeah, it seemed like a selfish reason to do it, and they didn't think of the consequences. Yeah. Which were basically leaving two little girls fatherless. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Tag nice. down to mine. Look at that. Cool. What about you? Uh, I went broad on this one. I did best worst scene. I touched on it earlier, so I'll just go jump into it. But uh, I do think that death cricket scene is my favorite scene oh. of Sandra Bullock ripping up the floorboards. That's a good I pretty one. much talked about it before, but yeah, it's uh, that was the one time I had like a like some real tension. Yeah, it's so intense, and you think she's gonna get it too. Like I, I was actually I found myself wondering, you know, what would happen if she did kill it? Yeah. Like, is that the solution? Is it even possible to though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. would it just keep like disappearing? Totally. I thought the sound design of the cricket was really good. Mm-hmm. And just, it was, yeah, effective. Cool. And my my favorite scene would be the margarita scene. Oh, Midnight yeah. margaritas, for sure. That was a pretty fun And story. I talked about that, too. So For worst, maybe if I really comb through it, I could think of something else. But the one that pops into my head now is, and it's the music. It's when they're dealing with D- Dead Jimmy. And they're playing it like it's a fucking Three Stooges cartoon. Uh, I just yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. It didn't work. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm really just pulling this out of the air, but I guess for my worst scene is just going to be the phone tree scene. Because other than San- Sally implementing the phone tree in order to build her coven, there's yeah. really like, we already know the town hates her and all this. Oh, like she could have yeah, called them yeah. without the phone tree. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I really don't, didn't think we needed that scene. So I couldn't, it took me a second to, I was like, phone tree. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick that scene as my worst. Cool. Uh, that's all I got. Do you got another one? It's kind of the same as yours. I just picked scary scene. So yeah, I'm uh, going, even go. though the position, everything was awesome. I still going with the cricket. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So I guess we can move on to beyond the credits. Beyond it. I'm going to let you go first for Beyond the Credits, because I got some stuff to add. Ooh, you got some additions. Yep. 
right off the bat, I don't think there's any real need for a sequel on this one. I think they wrap up everything pretty pretty definitively at the end with the with ending the curse and the falling in love. Mm. So I pretty much just saw my beyond the credits as the Owens legacy just finally being able to be more normal, but while accepting magic and understanding that it has its good in the world. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a mix of both personalities where Sandra Bullock, the whole movie was kind of like, I don't really give a shit about magic. I just want to be like accepted and normal. And the other side is like, no, magic is awesome. Fuck those people for hating us. Mm. And it's like right in the middle now where the town has seen the good in the magic. Sandra Bullock saw the good in the magic because she basically used magic and Coventry and all this stuff she's been rejecting to save her sister. But then at the same time, they could still fall in love, live normal lives, not be shooting chicken pox on people and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I mean, I basically, it's a pretty boring answer, but I, I, this one I actually think they set up the happily ever after and it actually made sense. Nice. Like, I could actually see it. Like, I don't see, like, a lot of problems bubbling in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. What do you got? So, I agree with you. I don't think that this movie needs a sequel. No prequel. No nothing. Like, leave it as is. In 2004, they tried to bring a television pilot to life. In 2010, they tried to develop a prequel television series. They both never got picked up, but I'm actually happy that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't released yet at the time we recorded it, but we could get a practical magic legacy situation where the craft legacy looks like crap oh yeah we saw the trailer for the new craft it looks oh it's so bad looks weak yeah just leave it alone if you're not gonna make it as dark and like it just looks so glossy yeah get some furs of bulk up in there (laughs) and then you can't have the we are the weirdos mist like okay gonna go on a tangent here I'm really against them using that line in this new movie. But yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I think Sally ends up having a happy marriage with Gary. They have a nice little family. I think if anything, uh, Jillian still is like sort of that free spirit and still fools around and doesn't really learn or doesn't really like settle on love. I don't see her having the same family lifestyle as Sally. Yeah. That's that's really all I have there. And before we wrap up, there's just one sp- I mean, you can't ha- you can't shoot a spooky movie without like something spooky going on, right? Yep. And I I feel like I should have mentioned there are two spooky things I want to share about you. Or oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm a vampire and <laughs> a werewolf. There are two spooky things I want to share with you. One has to do with the movie and one doesn't really. So which one do you want me to start with? It doesn't really. Okay. So I told you about Griffin Dunn, the director of this movie. Yeah. I just wanted to share a little bit about his background because I knew that would have some interest for you. His sister, her name was Dominic Dunn. Okay. She was an actress on The Poltergeist. Oh, cursed movie. Yes. So she actually died. She was um, strangled by her ex or yeah, by her boyfriend. I know about that. I didn't know her name. I mean, I didn't register her name. I've heard about it before, though. Yeah. So that was his sister. Damn. I was just doing like background research and, you know, I saw that his sister was murdered. And yeah. I was like, oh, like what happened I there? think I brought up in one of the episodes how I said the majority of the Poltergeist cast ended up dying after they made it. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's so crazy. I like started reading all of these blogs about like, how you know their parents stalked the guy every time like because he was supposed to serve a six-year sentence he only served three years jesus six years for 
murdering someone with your bare hands? Right. I think it's because she didn't die immediately. I think she died in the hospital. Like, <sighs> fuck that. I I know. I felt so bad for for him and his family. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. That was the unrelated fact, but very spooky. Knowing what you told me about all the people involved with that movie. Yeah. The second thing I wanted to share is apparently Griffin Dunn and a couple of people in part of the production sort of leaning towards the idea that the reason this movie failed in the box office mm. is because it was hexed by their witchcraft advisor. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was reading this article and apparently she basically pulled like a 180 on them. Uh-huh. So she was like all cool in the be- beginning, like she was their consultant. And then all of a sudden they were, I guess, shooting some scenes or whatever. I don't know. They called her on. They booked her a hotel room and everything. And then she calls one of the producers and is like, you can just you can't just throw money at a hotel room and think that everything's okay." Like basically she went down this whole road about like being rude to everyone and wanting. She kept asking for more money and all this stuff. And they thought that they were paying her fairly. And then she and she ends up being like so angry about everything, not getting the money she thinks she deserves. And she actually leaves. She left a message for the director on his phone. Like uh-huh. she calls him and she was like, actually, I kind of want to read this yeah, article word for word. Re- read her her words. She says, I'm going to put a curse on you. I'm putting a curse on the movie and I'm putting a curse on Griffin. <laughs> and she tells that to the producer. And then when she leaves a voice m- message for um, for Griffin, she dropped her voice into a growl and said, how dare you sick that shrew on me? You think you can buy me off? Well, let me tell you something. There is a land of curses. And then she slips into tongues. It was terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what? I would have been freaking scared. Uh, like she and he he said he didn't even listen to the whole thing. Like as soon as she slipped into tongue, like he just stopped listening. <laughs> immediately went to the legal department and was like, you got to listen to this. <laughs> um and she ended up suing War- Warner Bros after this. Um I think they ended up settling, but yeah, that was freaking creepy That's and That's great. He actually hired someone to do an exorcism just in case she did put a curse on him. Oh. Um, so he like ended up going through like his own thing I just thought you were to make say sure. He hired his own witch to like curse her. Then oh, like, no, no, off. no. He just wanted to like remove anything <laughs> she might have put on him. <laughs> I'd have been like, lady, you're crazy. Oh my God. Isn't that so freaky? I would have hit her back with tongues. I don't know what happened with her in this movie, but I did find a bunch of you know, videos on YouTube of witches reviewing practical magic. Oh, that's funny. And it did seem to be very positive for the most part. Obviously, I didn't watch every movie, uh, every video on YouTube. Yeah. But a lot of them seem to appreciate how they depict magic. You know, there's no devil in the worship. The power is what you put into it. Oh, and that was the last thing I forgot to mention about this whole this whole situation with the advisor. Uh-huh. The director, after all of this went down, he ended up adding a line for Gary in the movie. The line that he says, curses only have power when you believe in them. Yeah. He added that line wow. after that situation Just went to down. be like, see, see. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's awesome. But because of the lack, I don't know if it's because of the lack of success this film had, but that was, Practical Magic was the last movie he directed for a major studio. That's a bummer. Yeah. But I mean, he's still pretty successful. And like I said, he's awesome on This Is Us. So. Yeah. With all that being said, Andy, I have one last question for you. Yeah? Do you love what I love? 
I love it. So it was interesting seeing this movie, like I said, from the top without having any idea of what it was or what to expect. It definitely threw me through a lot of loops because of that, where I was just, I couldn't really pigeonhole it to be like, oh, this is this kind of movie. Yeah. Like even The Craft, I'd never seen it, but I knew what it was, you know, things like that. So it definitely was throwing me for a ride and there were certain parts of it I did really like, certain parts of it didn't really work for me. Uh, basically what we were talking about before. But overall, because I wasn't really able to latch on to whatever the movie was trying to tell me, like the whole ending with the with the town coming together and the coven coming together makes sense for certain storylines for me, but because so much of that was absent from the middle of the movie, it didn't really feel like a full, complete kind of like three act. Like, And that's how we became, right? you know, part of the town or some shit like that. So that didn't really work for me. And then I know I just harped on it earlier, but like it's the tonal shifts where I don't really know who they were trying to sell this to, where Niebert nailed it. It was too dark for kids <laughs> and too childish at times for adults. Like the the women with the brooms going out the house, like I'm sorry, it was too silly for me. <laughs> I felt like I was watching Nickelodeon's Nanny McPhee or something like that. Like it was just so, just it was just like a kid's movie. Mm. And I actually, I think Sandra Bullock, I think, uh nicole kidman did a really good job if they weren't in this and they were lesser actors this is like i could almost put this in like a tv movie category to me Mm. where it just felt kind of small and things like that it didn't really feel very theatrical or big you know like how the craft you know that whole scene at the end with the bugs like that felt like something from a movie that felt so expensive and had to be thought out and planned and this and that and a lot of this movie, the effects and this and things, it just felt a little bit on the smaller scale. So I didn't really have like a full cinematic kind of excitement out of it. Totally. Uh, our conversation here today did actually make me appreciate more parts of it than I did when we first just watched it and didn't talk about it. So I get it. I totally get why it's like well liked or, you know, why it's like a cult classic at least. But yeah, at the end of the day, I got to say, I do not love this movie. Okay. Um, and uh, I think if you just showed me this on a regular basis, I maybe I would have liked it more. But because we're doing Fear What I Fear and we're doing like scary movies, I was just I was in the way wrong headspace to start it. And then when I realized it was mostly a rom com with like a little bit of horror <laughs> tweaked in, I was just like, eh, I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Um, I, I, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah, I so will give you that. A little bit of the air was out of the balloon for me there for that <laughs> one. But I didn't hate it by any means. I liked it, but yes, I'm not clamoring to like learn more about it or, or do deep dives or rewatch it or anything like that. Totally. I totally get that. But I do appreciate that. Uh, our conversation like made you appreciate it more yeah so it I, did. I i like that aspect of it yeah so i'll give it to you and i'm sorry that it wasn't as spooky as you were hoping <laughs> apologize to the horror fans out there who tuned in. <laughs> all right everyone well that's our show thanks for listening if you enjoy our podcast be sure to subscribe and tell a friend also, if you have any opinions on what we discussed, follow us on social media at Love What I Love Podcast or LWIL Podcast. It's a great way to find out what we'll be talking about next. And as always, if you have time, please take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. And I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. Love What I Love.